break, draft, trade. Can you can you give me a little bit of insight? Yep. Okay. Yep. No. League size, scoring, rosters. We're also going to talk about trading up and trading down and consolidating. In a rookie draft? Yes. Every day there's like a new draft starting. Broken news. <laughs> the huge. <laughs> Fantasy football. We're going to talk about football. We're going to talk about football. Well, I for one am talking about the Blues going to the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. When you talk about hockey, it gives me the Blues. Wild. And now we're going to get killed by the Avalanche. So the Avalanche won by a landslide? <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> Break, draft, trade. Sifting through that intro, it's like, here, let's just make a compilation of it. I kind of wanted to do that, but I didn't want to cut out like any intro sound that I wanted. Mm. He's a magician. He's fine. He's got this. That's really cool. Mike, you look skinny. Did you lose weight? I've lost like over 100 pounds in the last year. Holy crap. Wow. Yeah. Like all of a sudden you look really... I Looking look small. Skinny. <laughs> Looking not as big. <laughs> <laughs> you look good, Mike. Was cut by who? By who? Look at See, I didn't give him the hair compliment and now he's correcting my grammar. <laughs> Of a preposition right. or two. See, I don't understand all the big words you're using, so I'm gonna be offended. <laughs> yeah, I don't do grammar, so there's that. Ten minutes in the podcast, and someone's already offended. <laughs> you're fired! <laughs> That's true. That happened. <laughs> yes. I was like, we literally just talked about this, you guys. Breaking news. <laughs> oh, I'm excited. <laughs> Henry? Oh. Do you want it closer? to get close, Papa. <laughs> that, uh, yes. That would seem logical. <laughs> so every time Noble would squeal or yell. Oh, God. Sorry. <laughs> the difference between cats and dogs. Born in the darkness. Probably a different cat. You guys just took the neighbor's cat in. <laughs> it just looks similar, but it's actually a different cat. <laughs> And then I saw Milk Carton take Christian Watson at 106. Milk Carton? Who's Milk Carton? Yeah, Craigie. Oh! Yeah. <laughs> milk Carton. Carton? Yeah, it sounds weird when Henry says Craigie. Craig. Craig. Uh, <laughs> to roll the dice. Like 3RB, 1QB, 2 Superflex. 2 Superflex, no QB. 2QB, no Superflex. Yeah, I'm in one of those and I hate it. <laughs> I hate it here. I just hated the way it looked on my roster. I'm like, this is disgusting. This is disgusting. This is awful. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. That's pretty exciting. Horrifying. <laughs> oh, that's sad. Ah. Mm. <laughs> you want me to say that in the intro? That's best. Ooh, ah, ah, ah. What did? What did you do? What did? Oh. No, don't do that. I have some. I like them. Hmm. What does that mean? A oh, beep boop. What that Saturday about right there? That's that's kind of funny to be honest. What? What? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Right, right. That's super funny. We, we can talk about that for sure. Yeah, we should probably just start because yeah. we're just talking about stuff we're yeah. gonna talk about. Okay. Mm. You know I always hate this part because I, I feel like all of the pressure's on me. To... In your head. <laughs> yes. Welcome back to the Rank Draft Trade Podcast. 
Today, we're going to be talking about league size, scoring variations on your fantasy teams, rosters, trading up, trading down. We got all kinds of good information for you and a couple of current events that have taken place in the last week. As always, I am your host, Gina Noble, aka The Queen. We are joined with the best podcasters and fantasy footballers in the business, if you're asking me. We've got Mike Papa Bear Claw. Say hey. Hello. We've got Henry St. Clair and his amazing hair. Ah, uh, why, hello there. <laughs> and of course, Nick James. Nick? Yeah, Henry always with the extra compliment. <laughs> I see you. Yeah, he's got the nice hair, but it's like a half inch long, so he's got all this time to work on it. <gasps> I panicked. Yep. Papa and I have like yeah. three feet of hair combined, and Henry's over here yeah. rocking a buzz cut. Like, nice yeah. hair. <laughs> nice hair, man. Put a lot of work into it. I think she's telling us something, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just mid-sentence, and I was already going with it, and I'm like, I'm just going to continue <laughs> going with it. Otherwise, I'm stumbling over my words, and you're going to have to cut it out. Mm-hmm. So, there we go. And that's neither neither hair nor there. We've got pretty Papa and what, what, what can we say for Nick? <laughs> Nasty Nick. <laughs> uh, thank you. Sure. <laughs> Probably not that one. I don't know if that's a compliment, but it is. It is. <laughs> Before we get into our league specifications and how drafting is affected. Let's go ahead and discuss some of the current events going on. So we've got Mike Davis cut by the Falcons signed by the Ravens. How is this affecting JK Dobbins and Tyler Beatty? I don't think this affects Dobbins at all. They were going to bring somebody else in. I think the real person affected here is going to be Beatty. Somebody we were probably taking darts on in the fourth round of your rookie drafts. More than likely can end up being the fourth man there if he even makes the team and isn't on the practice squad. He'll probably end up being a cut for you sooner rather than later when you have to make your cuts. More importantly, Gus Edwards, probably a shot he's not ready for the season. I think Dobbins will be ready. I have a lot of Dobbins. I hope so. <laughs> we all hope. <laughs> yeah. As far as Dobbins, I mean, a lot of people are lower on him thinking, you know, they're bringing in maybe Melvin Gordon. They, well, they brought in Mike Davis. They were probably going to bring in somebody. It's a committee backfield. That's the way it's always been. When I drafted him, it was like that. Nothing's changed for me for Dobbins. I agree that this doesn't affect Dobbins. It's not a lock that even Mike Davis makes the team. It might be a temporary thing as well. Like, okay, if Gus Edwards and Dobbins aren't even going to be there for preseason, even if they're just there for week one. They went through a slew of running backs last year. So maybe they're just getting a head start while there's one they still like on the market rather than having to sift through the Le'Veon Bells and Todd Gurley's of the world. I think Beatty is more of a pass-catching back than the other two. Not that Lamar throws a ton to the running backs. Mm-hmm. I mean, it can't be goody for Beatty or Batty or... <laughs> But I don't know if it's that baddie for him. Yeah. I was looking at potential cuts and leagues, and I'm like, yeah, Mike Davis, you know. He's, like, almost 30. You were talking about Le'Veon Bell and Gurley and stuff like that. He's, like, kind of them now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and Last year, Dobbins got hurt in preseason. Maybe this is a preseason body, so Dobbins doesn't have to play in preseason. 
like you said, maybe he doesn't make the roster. I don't think it's an indictment on Beatty immediately because I think Edwards and Davis could be gone after the year and then maybe Beatty's still sitting around. But definitely not good for his immediate value. It's not like, you know, he moved up the depth chart. Yeah, but at the same time, like how long can you hold the fourth guy on a team? Even if it is the Ravens, it, your roster's got to be pretty deep for that. Yeah, there's a six-round draft pick level of commitment there. Mm-hmm. So you were never super excited to begin with. I think if Mike Davis is out there in leagues that roster 300 plus players, he's definitely worth throwing on the bench just to see if, oh, they're going to put Gus Bus on a six week pup. Mm. Then all of a sudden, Mike Davis has six weeks of value, even if he gets cut afterwards. Biggest thing I'd take from this big reason I don't make my cuts now. Yep. Right. You, you don't know. Mm-hmm. Mike Davis was cut. Yep. People cut him in leagues I was in. Mm-hmm. Now they don't have him. He's got some value at this point. Baltimore had quite a few injuries last season so is this a guy you're just that you're stashing for injury purposes especially if you're over leaving your rookie draft i am not looking to cut this guy you don't want to cut people if you don't have to now when you have to that's when somebody drops somebody you really want then you got to make those tough decisions now but if you can avoid it i would not be cutting mike davis at least at this point all right good stuff let's move from mike davis into jarvis landry jarvis landry came from the Browns and has moved over to the Saints. Michael Thomas did have some injury. Yeah, that's why he's been out the last two years. Okay. Okay, MT's been gone for like two whole years. Okay. He was one of those wide receivers taken in the first round of startups. He was often the 101 two, three years ago sometimes. So we've got Michael Thomas and Chris Olave, Landry coming in now. So how do we like Landry ending up in New Orleans? I don't know that it affects Olave a ton. I think he runs probably closer to what Michael Thomas would run than what Olave is probably going to be running. So maybe Michael Thomas has some competition on slants. I, I probably would have liked to see him in a bunch of different other places even re-signing back with cleveland as the two if watson isn't suspended green bay would have been great this just feels a little crowded for a team that's just not looking all that great yep sneaky winner david bell Bing, sneaky winner christian watson <laughs> yeah he didn't go to the packers that's good yeah every receiver that's out there like people are like oh julio to the packers i'm like no, uh-huh. no julio to the colts let's get anywhere else like you can kill <laughs> alec pierce that's fine it's not christian watson yeah i'm not too concerned about julio going anywhere yeah yeah he'll be good for four games maybe olave doesn't change in any of your where you're picking him in rookie drafts because of this Maybe it's a tiebreaker for me between, like, him. If I were looking at him versus, I don't know, like, Garrett Wilson or something, now I'd be like, okay, well, it's fairly comparable. Garrett Wilson was probably the better Ohio State receiver, so I guess I'll go with him. Okay. I mean, that was I mean that was always Wilson over Olave. Sure, sure. I'd be looking at, like, you know, am I taking Olave? Am I taking Jamison? And maybe right. Watson? Yeah, now I can kind of switch the three of them up a little bit mm-hmm. more in my drafts. The Jarvis contract wasn't big. It's, like, up to $6 million in incentives it's kind of like the juju contract where he's like a terrible receiver that nobody wants so he has to go somewhere no i'm just kidding no you're not (laughs) (laughs) for olave the 2023 first round pick the 2024 second round pick 
two 2022 thirds and a 22 fourth. They gave up five draft selections to go get Olave. Like this was the guy they wanted. They said, we are moving up from 16, 19, wherever we have to move up to, to go get Chris Olave. So I guess they only moved up a couple of spots too. Right. That's why the math looks so big is because like it cost the 23 first to move up to 16 originally. And then it only cost the additional stuff to move up from 16 to 11 where they took Olave. Third receiver off the board. And the 23 class is special. 23 class is special. I don't know what they're thinking. Potentially a tick up for Jameis is what I'm getting to here is it has to be an addition for Jameis to have Jarvis Landry. It's not worse than Deontay Hardy or Lil Jordan Humphrey from last year. Jarvis is definitely an upgrade from those guys. Marquez Calloway. That's who I was going to say yeah. is Marquez Calloway is probably the biggest one hurt. Biggest loser. Went from, hey, maybe the third one there and maybe some extra action while MT isn't back. Yeah, and MT never comes back. I mean, I didn't like Jameis too much last year, but now he's got more than Marquez Calloway and Deontay Hardy on the field. That was pretty rough watching him with that one game where it was like the first week where he threw like five touchdowns and like 120 yards yeah there was that was against the Packers when the Packers had like their weird awful game where everyone was like the sky is falling the Packers are terrible Aaron Rodgers wasn't there this whole offseason did he forget how to play football Rodgers sucks MVP of the league number one seed just saying yeah it's like you know I remember that happening the people were like Rodgers should retire after one week I might have been one of those people (laughs) but I the one who in like the first five minutes of football game starting i am like if my players don't have 100 points i'm like everything sucks <laughs> i'm losing <laughs> well you just gotta watch all the games at once craig, yeah. craig is literally like they haven't even had the ball yet i'm like i don't care i don't care he needs to have more points than zero <laughs> And here's the kickoff. Why hasn't anyone scored? You guys do not want to live with me during football season and fantasy life, like, at all. It's awful. Mm -hmm. Moving on to Brian Edwards. The Las Vegas Raiders. Bredwards. Edwards. That, too. The Las Vegas Raiders trade Brian Edwards to the Atlanta Falcons, which, like, the Atlanta Falcons are just gross right now. So I'm not sure that Brian Edwards is going to make the Atlanta Falcons any better. Um, He didn't really do much last year. But how do we feel like, I guess, the two, Drake London, Kyle Pitts, I'm anticipating you guys are going to say this has no effect on either of them, but go ahead and give me your opinion on how Brian Edwards is going to affect those guys or just the uh, Falcons in general. Well, if they're gross, (laughs) he's the new shiny turd. (laughs) You can polish that turd, but let me tell you. Yeah. So basically that entire draft class isn't even on the Raiders anymore. <laughs> yeah. They're like, see ya. <laughs> I mean, I know I said this the other day, and I'm like the first to admit when I'm like wrong with a player. I was very high on Edwards. I had a lot of Edwards. This is probably my opportunity to get some of my money back. Yeah. Barely. So should the listeners be worried about Pickens? Pickens. That's your guy this year. You love Pickens. Is he going to be the one? I love Pickens. Oh. oh. Is, is he, he going to be your, your, your Edwards? Kind of no. like the Vaughn. You know, I always got his Vaughn. 
No, uh, Edwards was never like a high investment guy for me. He was just like that that cheap guy that I thought had the upside to get there, and he just never got there. Mm -hmm. And a, a lot of people were very high on him. Claire was not one of them. I was not. I never saw a good receiver in Brian Edwards. But the coaching staff said he was the next Terrell Owens, so that obviously must have been Terrell Owens when he was 40 and kicked out of the league for being bad. <laughs> so he got sent there with a seventh round pick for a fifth in return. Very little investment by the Falcons. Obviously, I think it's a downgraded quarterback from last year. Carr threw for 4,800 yards. I don't think Atlanta's quarterback conglomeration between Mariota and Ritter will hit anywhere close to 4,000 yards. And then he's behind, obviously, Drake London, eighth overall pick, first receiver, and Pitts, who's better than Waller. So you look at last year's situation for Edwards, and you go, well, Ruggs was doing well before he had an incident. <laughs> then they didn't really have another great wide receiver there. And so it was like Edwards. And now he's definitely behind London, and then Pitts is better better than Waller, who was hurt a lot of last year, and worst quarterback. So it's only worse for Brian Edwards, it feels like. But it looks like he's the wide receiver, two on the team, potentially. So maybe some people buy into that. Yeah, but it's a headline. So take your shot. Move. It's a headline. Move. It's interesting move sometimes to see what players these teams go after. Yeah, it's like, why? Why? Yeah. Why didn't they go after Landry? <laughs> or Julio. Did uh, the Raiders get more for Edwards than uh, what's called the Cowboys got for Amari Cooper? Yes. But no, the Cowboys got a fifth straight, and the Raiders had to give up a oh, seventh okay. as well. But pretty it close. Wasn't, Cowboys also got a ton of cap. It wasn't Christian. Yeah, that's what it was. It wasn't yeah, Christian yeah. Kirk material by any means. No, the contracts are not Christian Kirk level, although Cooper is. But As far as impacting the remaining wide receivers, Auden Tate, Dead. Alamedes, Kias. <laughs> oh, stop it. Auden Tate cannot die. <laughs> He's already, he was never alive. That was never a thing. You and I would try to make that a thing. We are still trying to make it a thing. I think I drafted, <laughs> no, I talked about drafting Auden Tate the other day. Me ranks Auden Tate 340. Henry, stop trying to make him <laughs> a thing. Stop trying to make him a thing. It's like, it's like me and Gaskin. I just know you picked him, you picked him up in a league and I was like, really? Yeah, it's in like the fifth Auden round Tate. when I'm yeah, choosing your sixth round or four team team fifth round. Or I mean, a dart throw is a dart throw. It doesn't really matter at that point yeah yeah any other thoughts on brian edwards nick i was taking him in the same range that like t higgins was going in rookie drafts this was after like regger but around the same time as Pittman in rookie drafts in the year when he was a rookie so yeah he's been a disappointment especially compared to all the wide receivers you could have had other than brian edwards up until this point i agree with mike that it might be a little tiny spike in perceived value like anybody's name is in the news even if they suck suddenly they're allowed to be part of a deal. So we're like someone is willing to, even if they're not, that's not the main piece in the deal. Oh, Brian Edwards, uh, maybe. Okay. So sure, throw him in there where people would have never traded anything for Brian Edwards before this. Now they might be willing to take him as part of a deal. So throw him in. if you want out now might be like that last little glimpse of an opportunity. So if he's, if he's rotting on your roster, mm -hmm. he might be stale breadwords, but it might be a uh, better the dead words oh my yeah now but a week ago bread words <laughs> yeah bread words brand edwards oh my god you made that work <laughs> man you, you're talking about that rookie class and that was an l i took when i first started talking to you guys as i came in and i was like why do they have lavisca chenault over michael Pittman?" and eventually i came around to the idea that lavisca was better than Pittman somehow and it's like man i wish i had sucked my guns on that one last year but there's a lot of things that i i was awesome to learn from you guys like luckily you guys got me in on jamar chase more than i probably would have been even though we were all lower on him than the rbs but as
as a whole, I was like, now I have LaVisca's like my fifth most rostered player or something. And it's just gross now. <laughs> it's just gross. <laughs> he just needs to get traded to Atlanta or like the Packers tomorrow or something. And then you can trade him away. And then you can trade him away. <laughs> yeah. It's tough for these guys to get like some kind of resurgence when they've just done absolutely nothing. Yeah. It's kind of sad for him though, you know? Yeah. They come in with such high hopes and then it's like we're all disappointed. <laughs> like like Terrace Marshall last year with like 150 receiving yards or something. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon Zilstro is playing over him. All right. Well, that wraps up our current events, our current, not so current events by the time this podcast airs. Well, let's move into league size and how it affects uh, rookie drafts. Noble, have you had any rookie drafts that weren't 12 team super flex? I do have some like 14 team. I don't know if I've drafted in them. Is it bad that sometimes I don't pay attention? <laughs> Yes, actually. <laughs> I'm just not gonna make the intro. <laughs> I got a lot of cool formats. Yeah, I'm in one with Mike. A league that I joined this year is an orphan, and Papa and I like swapped first round picks before the draft, and we weren't really sure who's gonna be where. And I moved from nine to eleven as a part of a package, making it a nice swap. And I had ten rookies that I really wanted to draft, and so I was sitting there like just regretting life that I traded back to eleven. Who's going to be there? And then we had someone reach on Malik Willis at three, which made me feel like I was getting one of my top 10 players. And then Sky Moore went one pick before me at 10. And that's a three running back league. So that's 12 teams. And then you're starting three running backs, uh, three receivers, three flex, which makes running backs more valuable because you have to, there's going to be at least 36 of them started every week. And there's not 36 teams in the NFL. So someone's starting some subpar running backs. So to get James Cook at 11, I was like doing backflips. So I was like, man, three RB, he could have gone as high as like six or seven for real. If it were me taking every pick, I'd be like wanting that upside RB. Yeah, that reach was wild in that one. Yeah, Malik Willis at three. In a league where there's like 10 players started every week on a roster, your second quarterback's not going to be a huge deal as much as other formats. And he's not playing for a year. Only four point passing touchdowns. Yeah, and that's like he didn't get great capital. I think he was a Tennessee fan or something. And I, I won't fault someone for taking their guy. No. It would not have been my pick. Very deep rosters in that one, too. Mm-hmm. So, correction, I do, and I don't know how I forgot this, because I am the reigning champ. Oh. <laughs> it's a 14-team. So, yes, we did have, I had a rookie draft with a 14-team league. Isn't that the one that has two super flex? Yes. So, it's no quarterbacks, two super flex. Mm-hmm. That's weird. I think that is just a mind game because in all reality, you want to play two quarterbacks. Correct. Right. When Daniel Jones scores as much as T. Higgins, mm-hmm. your odds are you're playing a second quarterback just about no matter what, unless your team is just absolutely stacked otherwise. So people may not value QBs as highly because there is no designated QB spot. It's a trick. Their value is the same, whether you are required to start them or not. I mean, kind of. I mean, if you're lower-end quarterbacks like Mac Jones and Jared Goff, you're not going to necessarily want to start them over some of the other higher-end players you can flex. I mean, it just depends on the depth of your starters, because if you're in a 14-team super flex and you've got 10 starters, you're that's 140 players a week. Odds are that flex 
player 100 to 120 is not scoring as much as any of the 32 quarterbacks that week. I mean, like they put up a boring 12 point performance that's better than a lot of flex at that point. But sure, maybe your bye week's coverage, it's easier to manage than if both were required for sure. Yeah, I like the flexibility of the super flex though without the quarterbacks because you, if you get in a bind, you can play any player there. I mean, although you're probably not winning a league if you're not playing a quarterback in that position. Yeah. You play to win the game. (laughs) Sir, yes, sir. They are who we thought they were. (laughs) Which is quarterbacks in your super flex spots. We got through all my three quarterback leagues this week. Those were interesting. Yeah. I I hate that. But those are all 10 team, right? 10 Mm -hmm. team, which makes it bearable. Uh, No, no, no. No, 10 and 12 team. I'm in a lot of your 10 team ones. Those are fine. But I also have one that you're in of my leagues. and That one's great. QB 10 team. That one is great. Yeah. Pushes quarterbacks up. We had a 14 team draft. The RDT should end C2022 where I had a ton of picks. And I went into the draft with like my RB1 and 2 is Deion Jackson or Rex Burkhead or something. (laughs) So maybe that was part of the reason I took uh, James Cook at 107 in that league. Some people might think that's a ridiculous reach on James Cook. I like that he was a second round pick by Buffalo and they don't really have a great running back there and he's an awesome pass catcher so you know I think the PPR upside is there but some people just still don't like the player so fair enough I got Brees at 101 even the upside is at just being a pass catcher at Buffalo and that third down roll is pretty huge for a late round first that's what I think probably more upside than some of the receivers in that range anyway what do you guys have like an ideal size in a league that you really enjoy versus like stretching it a little bit either way like what do you, what's your favorite size league to play in 32 team franchise draft or nothing and i only do what? 100 of those leagues a year and then i and then i delete my account sub zero one yes. so much anxiety even <laughs> listening to that it's awful he does do he did do that my ideal format it's pretty straightforward 12 team super flex uh three wide receivers three flex that's tight end obviously like 20 bench or so five taxi five rookie rounds and like 10 irs with you can put whatever can go on ir on ir really deep rosters kickers no (laughs) (laughs) iowa what's your favorite size league we've said on previous podcasts that when we speak about picks like the 1.0 this or whatever our assumption is 12 team super flex what is going to be most relatable to others is 12 team super flex i think that's really the perfect size for the balance of scarcity with quarterbacks is 12 team but the deeper the flex the more i like it i feel like if you want a league to be where everyone's got really good people really good players and it's more about just how well these good players do that takes a little less skill whereas the deeper the flex the more skill is needed for on a start sit basis or skill as far as acquiring enough uh, talent to be able to start on a weekly basis that you know leads to a w those would probably be my favorite so 12 team super flex or bust but the deeper the flex the more i like it okay henry besides your 32 team league for real what is your favorite size <laughs> uh probably 12 team super flex obviously one quarterback is probably everyone's least favorite format here at least 
I like differing leagues occasionally, right? I always spoke about it with the different flexes. I'm not opposed to playing in like 12 team 3RB leagues. I think those get pretty interesting sometimes with how it throws values. Even the double tight end league sometimes with like a half point premium or something a little different about different leagues. But as far as a standard league, my default is definitely the same as Iowa's. Okay. So let's talk about, you, you mentioned tight end premium there. Let's get into scoring variations. So tight end premium, is something that I feel like a lot of people put a lot of value into when I'm not sure like a half point tight end premium is making up for the tight end position. Let's start with tight end scoring variation. Where do you feel the tight end premium has to be to really move the tight ends up in drafting? Half a point. Really? Yeah. Even half a point is going to move the top end up. The middle and the bottom are still going to be overdrafted at that point. Yeah. So so are you drafting Kelsey and Kittle much higher if there's a half and pre or Pitts or Waller? Are you drafting them early on in in a startup draft in a half point? Earlier on, but not early on. I wind up taking them in half point where most people do in non tight end premium. Mm. So you don't get them. <laughs> no. Right. I often still do not get good tight ends in half point premium. Yeah. But think about it where uh, a tight end and let's say Gasicki last year, I want to say I got like 100 receptions or something. That's 50 additional fantasy points in half premium. I mean, that's a difference in three points a week that you just got added to your team. That's a decent advantage but who are you giving up in those positions that like dj shark or uh, a like late round flyer wide receiver like i can't even think of one brandon cooks maybe someone even lower than that like Corey davis last year curtis samuel area okay nick how about you with your tight end premiums are you on the same page or you have a different opinion i think it does make them slightly more valuable it makes them slightly more coveted when you go to trade post draft and in the season your mid-range tight ends you can actually get something for depends on the depth like if you have more starting players per week in a league the more the mid-range tight ends are worth because now they're actually creeping into scoring what would make your flex position whereas if it's a shallow league you're not flexing the tight ends anyway so that value really hasn't changed as far as flex is concerned but like a half point premium makes them a little more sought after but similar to what henry said half point premium makes people knee jerk them up way higher and that typically just means i just don't get the top end ones i allocate the other ones in stream once you get to like full tight end premium we have one league that's full tight end premium zero ppr like standard as in what was old school standard oh tight ends are gods in that league like you want to start three tight ends in your flex like all the mid-range tight ends i feel that way about all tight end premium leagues though right it's like Gasicki or Pitts or Dalton Schultz last year. Dalton Schultz in a full tight end premium was probably a top ten wide receiver or some you know something crazy where it's like, are you kidding me? I would have I should have flexed four tight ends every week this year. I mean, even like the half point, I just had a draft like last night. That's not that long ago. <laughs> it was only a half point premium. Pitts went pick thirteen. Yeah, it's still way too high. Yeah, it's way too. I mean, we're talking over Lance Watson, Gibson. I, we can go down the list. Bruce Hall over him. Actual premium positions. Uh, are going to score tons of points for you and actually fill a needed roster spot that's what you have to give up to get a guy like that in those leagues but those people will argue it to the death that that is where that guy is supposed to go 
And they can, and they can do that. And when their quarterback, too, is Goff, and when they don't have any running backs, and then their wide receivers are kind of lacking because they're kind of reaching to try to fill up their draft, it's just not a great position to be in. I like to think of the stud tight end as the last infinity stone in the gauntlet of your super team. Like, once you've built the good team, you've been streaming tight ends, and you want to, you've got probably okay tight ends because you can pick up okay tight ends from just about every waiver as long as it's not insanely deep. Trading some of your depth or one of your studs when you have enough to be able to get a better tight end that's when getting those better players makes sense like i traded four pits for the first time ever today like i have never traded for pits before because of the insanity yeah that is what is required value non-tight end premium it's 10 team and i have a super team and I was able to get it at what is, I think, a reasonable deal there that involved James Cook, Schultz, and Pollard. 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 Yeah. We've talked about it before. The love of Pollard. Yeah. Pollard was like a decent rank that you fellas and gal had last year, right? You guys had Pollard higher than most going into the season, and smartly so. And then eventually, everyone got to the point where Pollard surpassed where he was truly valued and it was like pollard became drafted over zeke in some startups mid-year it was like pollard is the next jonathan taylor and he's on the cowboys <laughs> and sure he's unbelievable <laughs> people were like he's putting up 40 points a week you see that 70 yard run that's every play he makes a good point because every time there's a news bit there's a knee jerk and then an eventual correction over time back to where closer to what it should be. Pollard has a big game and suddenly Pollard goes and it was probably like one of our week one, two or threes mm -hmm. where Pollard went over Zeke. Just yep. and actually it's inevitable. In that league, the guy had the picks at the turn and he took them back to back. <laughs> what kind of upside do you have there when you have two running backs on the same team picked in the same position? Like what are you gonna get out of that? Next year Pollard might be elsewhere. I'm feeling really good about one slot on my starting <laughs> roster. Yeah, that's true. That's the argument for handcuffs, right, is that you're feeling real good about having Cincinnati backfield. I think there's like a fallacy in Deep Dynasty that I don't want my own cuffs. That's Papa. That's Papa. That is me. But in Deep Dynasty, you do because it's different than like redraft and shallow benches mm -hmm. where redraft, it's not like you've had years to build this roster. You've got that. You're hoping that that other one hits as a starter and joins your starting lineup. In Dynasty, you're likely have there's a lot of scenarios where you've built out a good starting roster where if you get a starter from somebody else going down, you're still wondering whether you're even going to start him or not. Like where if you have a backup to one of your starters and one of your starter goes down, then you actually have the need for someone to enter your starting lineup and you have the person there waiting ready and to slot in. So I, I guess mean, it would depend like if you've got not a whole lot of good players on your team spreading out the backups gives you potential to get a new starter that you need. But if you don't need a new starter, the insurance of one of your starters is more likely to be useful than the insurance of another person's starter. Well, 
hold on one second, Mike. What's your definition of deep dynasty? Just real quick. Over 300 rostered. Okay, go ahead, Mike. I mean, I look at it a little different. If you can have the best lineup in your league, that doesn't mean you're going to win the championship. You need the depth behind that. So you need to have a well-rounded roster. You have to have good depth. If you have your two running backs and you only have two start startable running backs, that that's not good depth. Having the cuffs to your own running backs isn't what's going to fix that. If your running back goes down, sure, you have the cuff. And then what do you get? You get a worse replacement for your running back. What you want to actually have is more than two startable running backs if you're actually trying to go ahead and you know get your championship get into the playoffs and build a solid team i do collect other cuffs the reason why i collect the other cuffs because when they go ahead if another running back goes down then you have a trade piece and you can actually build your roster up a little bit better if you're relying on your own cuffs like you got mike davis for dobbins that that's not great that that's not somebody that you you need to be able to be able to start on you know in your running back slot on a week that's not something that's going to go ahead and win you games pollard maybe for zeke yeah i can get that too but the at the amount of value that Pollard's costing, you can just kind of work that into another better running back. So you touched on some important things there. One, the quality of the backup mm -hmm. on whether it makes sense or not. And then you, you said, you know, you'd rather collect others because if your starter goes down, then you've got the lesser version to fill in. These other cuffs are the lesser versions of somebody. You're hoping by having these other cuffs that if and when one of your guys goes down, that one of these other starters have also go down so you need two things to happen to actually need to be able to be playing this player whereas if you have the backup for one you only need one thing to happen which is the starter to go down for this one to boost into starting category no i'm looking to go ahead and build a team that has depth on its own without somebody getting hurt you see how i build most of my teams how many running backs do i typically leave a draft with three or four starters five in the first five <laughs> rounds yeah sometimes five quarterbacks i'll go a little thinner on because the super flex is a little you know gives you a little bit of a flexibility there leniency but as far as like the death pieces on my bench as far as those backup running backs and stuff i don't want to be holding on to a, a guy that we value as close to an early second in madison when i have cook when i can just go ahead and put that into something else that's actually more valuable rather than somebody who's just getting older on my bench in case something happens so team build plays a part there as well because you are always deep at running back oh definitely yeah. I also know Papa had mentioned this to me at one point when speaking about insurance running backs is that when someone else's backup hits, he tried claiming to give you higher odds of someone else's backup sitting than your own. And I'm like, it's still one out of 32. <laughs> But the point he made about when someone else's backup gets hurt, then you have a piece that is highly coveted, right? It's like the news thing we were talking about. It's Zeke tears his ACL. Everyone wants Tony Pollard. But if it were your backup, now you like you need that guy. Now you don't need Pollard, and everyone else wants Pollard. And so it's like, now I can sell him for a pretty penny and then move on. There was a league I had McCaffrey and uh, Mike Davis was not even like seen as the backup. It was like Reggie Bonifant and uh, mm -hmm. Rodney Smith and like Amir Abdullah or something at that point. And then Mike Davis came in and was like the RB13 that year. So that's an example of a year where I probably would have won the championship with my backup. If I just had McCaffrey to go with like Zeke and Mixon that year, I would have been good. I like that example because that's one of the few trades I've made with the queen here. There were some <laughs> other pieces around it, but I traded... I don't trade a lot. <laughs> I traded Mike Davis for Hertz before Wentz was benched Okay, in a deal. But the only reason that it made sense is one, she was one of the best teams in the league. Did mm. you hear that? I'm sorry. What was that? 
<laughs> yeah, we, we don't have to repeat it. But we can. Should probably be assumed at this point. <laughs> but like Henry said, number 13 RB on the year, whatever it, it, it was, mm. that is something that you really need right then and there, a lot more than a stash quarterback. So me being able to move off a player that he wasn't young then and was a journeyman at that point, like he doesn't really have a stable long-term or a high value in his range of outcomes. Someone actually wants that person at that point. It's because you had a cuff for somebody else. So to Mike's point, especially with like the depth, if you have the backup to your running back and your starter goes down and the backup isn't even going to make your lineup, that isn't adding any value to your team. Whereas if you had somebody else's backup, that team that had the starter go down is going to be specifically more interested in that player. So I suppose there's a how trade active is your league element to that, but good points for sure. When I first got into Dynasty, I would make that mistake of uh, like not wanting wide receivers on the same team or wanting my insurance running backs. So I think there's a there's a deal out there where I trade away Justin Jefferson for like Henry Ruggs in a third or something in early 2020 because oh. I was like I had Thielen and I was like I don't want Jefferson like <laughs> I got I got sniped on Ruggs so after like the first week of like yeah let's go I'm gonna go sell Jefferson for Ruggs <laughs> and then eventually I got Jefferson back and like turned Ruggs into Julio and then Julio into Javante so it all worked out in that league my team is details. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the details, but it, it all worked out. But that was one of my like big stupid head trades stupid looking back because I because I didn't want both the Vikings wide receivers. I'm like, I can't play two wide receivers in the same team. Do you know how that caps my upside? How? If they both finish as wide receiver ones, you, you still got the same result. It doesn't matter. Well, he learned that the hard way. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> if Elijah Moore still has a fantastic season and you have Garrett Wilson, well, you just had two great you know players yeah, on I mean, your the team. Biggest, the biggest thing you have to worry about is bye week. Yeah. We're touching on all kinds of good fallacies mm -hmm. like the two wide receivers on the same team that makes a lot more sense if you're in a hundred thousand person tournament mm -hmm. that you only have to beat one other team each week right so there's something to be said for the floor where it's a lot less relevant when you're competing in a giant tournament trying to outscore a hundred thousand other teams yeah there was a, a very unfortunate week in the playoffs where i had zeke and cd Lamb and Cook and Justin Jefferson. And I think the Cowboys and Vikings that week combined for 17 like real football points. I was like, well, this is a lesson in why you don't stack running backs and wide receivers because if the team sucks that week, you suck that week. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. But that's why, like, in a tournament, that makes sense because if you need all these things to hit to win, but that win is huge, that's what you're going for in a tournament. Mm -hmm. In a league, you're literally just trying to beat the one other team. Now, in the playoffs, you're trying to beat the one other team that is in the top half of the league. So I can understand the concept behind, like, I want kind of want that stack. So when that hits a couple times or maybe every week in the playoffs, then it's I'm getting double credit for it and I need to be able to score a lot of points to beat one of the other six best teams in this 12 team league but then probably double the second best team mm -hmm. while you're the best team yeah so whether you're double stacking that would probably be quarterback offense dependent right like I wouldn't mind T Higgins and Chase no and Burrow yeah that hopefully guarantees you something <laughs> 
but I probably don't want Lockett and Metcalf. Not anymore. Mm-mm. At the same time, at least. I'll take Judy, Judy and Sutton. I'll take now. Yeah. Or Juju and Sky Moore. <laughs> <laughs> I know Henry wants Juju. Henry wants all the Juju. <laughs> I do. You know I want Sky Moore. You know I want Sky Moore more than Juju. Oh, and he wants Sky Moore. Like Henry has none of that stack on any league. <laughs> Juju's like not all bad. No, Sky Moore is. What were you gonna say, Papa? Um, I was gonna say that Chisco actually just uh, had asked us what the best rookie wide receiver at quarterback stack would be. I had seen that. I didn't see that. I just noticed it. Ooh, Chisco with the questions on the pod for the week. You know, he does say best rookie slash QB duo. So what if we take that as uh, Kenny Pickett and Deontay Johnson? Ooh. Hmm. Kenny Pickett. Pickett to Pickens. Mm-hmm. Pickett to Pickens. That could be... In two years. There you go. In two years. I like it. Yeah, yeah. that could be something. Why not? They don't want to pay Deontay? They don't want to pay Deontay, it doesn't sound like. This is the best stack? This is the... You're going for the best I mean, best the best stack. stack's probably going to be Rodgers and Watson. Yes. Allen and Dig. Oh, oh, sorry. We're talking rookies. Yeah, <laughs> One rookie included, minimum. Yes. Yeah, minimum. I I hate that you said Rodgers and Watson because I wanted to place bets that that was what Henry would say. I know. We, we yeah. all knew that was Henry what was going to say. But at least you guys know it's the right answer. <laughs> Henry? I know it's your answer. I know that okay, much. Well, <laughs> it's certainly not Zach Wilson, Garrett Wilson, even as the Zach Wilson guy. The right answer remains to be seen. No, it, no, like I'm saying that's not even the runner-up to me. It's like that's not the answer. Mm, let's see. What's another team with green jerseys? I don't think it's it's London. Whatever. It's probably Burks and Tannehill, right? It's Burks and Tannehill. Burks and Tannehill? It's got to be Burks and Tannehill is the number two. Their jerseys aren't green. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Burks is pretty much AJ Brown with knees. That's kind of nice. He'll play every game. <laughs> like, is that the number two? Is it Watson and Rodgers, Burks and Tannehill, and then it's it's not London and whatever Falcons quarterback, and it's probably not Garrett Wilson. It might have been Olave, but now it's not. I mean, now it's not Olave. It can still be the guy there. Okay, that's fair. Chambers just has to chuck it. Yeah. Chuck it. Football! It's Goff and Amon-Ra, thank you. It's not Dotson and Wentz. It David Bell and Watson. David <laughs> Bell and Watson. What for six games? No, it's David Bell and Brissett and, no. Brissett and yeah. Baker Mayfield. <laughs> so that leads me to one thing that I did want to mention is that by the time you hear this pod, Watson will have met with the NFL. So we may actually have some information by the next podcast about how that's going to be handled. But as far as veterans, he will have also been to the Bahamas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Last episode, Mike was bringing up the you know get to the fifth round rather than taking a crappy rookie you're going to drop take a look and see what veterans are out there brissettes definitely yep someone who's worth geno smith just i took a couple of brissettes you might be cutting them but you'll know eventually whether you definitely don't want to cut them or you definitely do i mean it's pretty clear they probably won't start baker even if he's on the team at that point i don't think that that's a good relationship right now it's just weird because like if you're baker and you know no team is calling, wouldn't you rather go out and play and, like, try your best to win, to look good, to, like, make someone come get you? I don't know, collect 18 million? And then not have a career anymore? But what if you look worse and then nobody comes and gets you? But he won't look worse in his eyes, right? Like, he's going to bet on himself because last year he played with an injured shoulder. Mm-hmm. So he's going to feel a certain way mad. Mm-hmm. I think Baker could easily come back and still play there. He's not going to talk to the coach. It's going to be a Wentz and Doug Peterson situation where, like, he just turns his shoulder and looks away from him. He'll, I, I think he'd play. I don't know why he wouldn't. I mean, I guess if 
if I was Baker, I'd be a little pissy about getting kicked out of my own house, but <laughs> maybe he's trying to work through that. Did you not see the commercials all year? I'm just saying, you know, and I feel a little bit like maybe some of this was my fault because I visited Baker's house. I bought the Browns jersey with Baker on the back, and this happened. So maybe I'm the kiss of death. I don't know. (laughs) How could you? Then she kissed Baker. (laughs) I wish I kissed Baker. Mm -hmm. Just saying, but. (laughs) There you go. The Baker's chef's kiss. I like Baker. I like Baker's personality. Like, I like Baker. Can that be a recurring segment on the show? It's just Garoppolo news. (laughs) Trey Lance still back up for the San Francisco 49ers. (laughs) No. He's the starter right now in off-season workouts. Oh, really? Because Garoppolo can't play because he's hurt. <laughs> oh, because Garoppolo's hurt. Yeah. I did notice somebody on Twitter is making like artwork for each day that Jimmy Garoppolo isn't traded, and he's oh, like wow. on 191. It's like the old website that was like, "Is John Gruden fired yet?" And they said no, and there was like 10 years remaining, and it was counting down an event. And now it says yes <laughs> because obviously he got fired. <laughs> so should we touch on trading up and trading down a little bit? You guys want to roll into Sure. When when we're trading up and trading down, mm-hmm. we're doing that at times. At times. Yeah. Well, let's focus on it. Let's let's okay. focus on trading for for a quick second. Mm-hmm. Who wants to start? Mm-hmm. Where where are we? I've got a one liner. No matter what, if you're trading up in the first round, don't do it to pick Ritter <laughs> or Malik Willis. <laughs> <laughs> because apparently that's been a theme all week. Is that Ritter is apparently a first round draft pick now? Just today. Hey, there's something that Ritter is giving people Russell Wilson vibes. Ooh. He always gave me Russell Wilson vibes. <laughs> well, he's he's apparently giving others that as well. Okay, so, so that's the buzz. Mm-hmm. That's 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 the buzz. The perceived value buzz. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I can't get him at 208 anymore? <laughs> <laughs> nope, you're going to have to trade up to the first round. <laughs> In my draft, has been like 1.06 to 1.08 is the as early as I've seen him go, it's just absolutely shocking. Okay. That's just awful. That's one of my friends, too. I need to tell him to chill. It's because in all those leagues, um, we have all the quarterbacks, and so these guys went to the rookie draft saying, I really yeah. need a quarterback. <laughs> guys. If if only Henry hadn't drafted seven in our startup. <laughs> what are they, hiking through the mountains and haven't seen the draft? <laughs> oh, my God. There was one draft that I was like, Henry, are you kidding? Was it Henry? Was it you, Mike? It was Papa. It was Papa. You were in the league with Papa. It was Mike. I was like, I legitimately needed a quarterback. And I I think I even (laughs) messaged you and was like, why? That's why he keeps taking them. (laughs) He was doing it on purpose. I'm pretty sure he traded us Herbert after that. They traded you Herbert. He didn't even need him. We got to the range where, like, you could take, like, Mac Jones and Tua and David Carr, and Carr and Mac Jones went, like, seven rounds earlier. Derek. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Derek, David, same thing. He's like, don't worry, I'll sell you one at a discount. I'm like, I did. He did. He did. It wasn't. Well, yeah, it took Tua Sam. It wasn't Tua, though. Like, you wanted a mint for Tua. (laughs) No, I wasn't. I don't. I I wouldn't trade you, Tua. Yeah, because Iowa and I are co managers in that league. Tua Tua is the kind of guy that I buy at a certain price, and you're not going to buy him from me because I think he's worth a lot more than that come a few months from now. You you love some Tua. Yeah. And I may. 
may be wrong. Yeah, the same thing with Daniel Jones. I'll buy Daniel Jones at the range he's at where he's going in startups. And I got him for the 207 two days ago, mm-hmm. which is a steal for me. Mm-hmm. Come the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Okay. I've sold Mariota in that same range. Tua or Daniel Jones? Uh, Daniel Jones. Tua, I think, could be a little bit higher. He's got a he's got that great receiving core. I was like, I think Tua has a much higher upside than Daniel Jones come this year, just with the uh, the offense. Yeah, this year, th- just this year, yeah. The uh, the talent, everything. Mm-hmm. Luckily for me, Zach Wilson still has a couple more years before he's Darnold. So. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily for you, they don't have them posting Daniel Jones deep bombs on social media. Uh, did you see the pictures of Zach Wilson? They're, they're posting those. That happened with Daniel Jones like the last offseason. They called him Danny Dumbbells, and he was looking big. Looking mm. big. I saw a picture of him in a hoodie with a jersey over it and a bunch of people talking about how big he is. Zach Wilson? Yeah. Like, oh, is that all you need to do? I should start rocking more hoodies. <laughs> I'm like, he's got a hoodie. It's cold in New Jersey right now. What are you guys doing? <laughs> That's the joke though is he put on like six pounds and people are like oh now he's growing into his adult body <laughs> he came out like 6'3 225 just because he has a baby face this kid was built from the day he came out of college like this is not some guy that just put on 20 pounds of muscle in the offseason he does have a baby face people see him in like a little picture like a football card and they're like oh that guy's little yeah yeah they see they see the cute face and they're like he's he's five six <laughs> he does have a very young face it's like you see a tackle it's like six six and like 360 and you're like oh that's pretty big but then you, you go stand next to a guy that's that big and built and you're like holy i was hanging out with my friend this weekend and he was he's 6'4 180 and he was like always just marveling at like how huge i am but also i was like hey it's like looking up at a giraffe at the zoo this is crazy henry did you just say how huge you are yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's a big dude. Mr. 5'9". Big guy. <laughs> Looking big. 5'9 and 220 pounds thick. <sighs> 210. 210. Yeah, Don't give him that extra 10. <laughs> See, Papa's uh, getting close to my range, right? Like 5'10", 5'11". You're, you're getting down there like 240 now? 230? I'm like, yeah, I'm at like 240 right now. There you go. Yeah. Might cross paths. I thought you were yeah. taller than that. 5'10"? <laughs> yeah, Me? No. How t- Me? Yeah, how t- no, I'm 5'11". 5'11"? See, I always thought Papa was like 6'5 yeah, like when I first saw like him. When I see you, I feel like, I have nothing to compare it to, He's but Hagrid. I feel like you, yeah. Hagrid. But yeah. Nick is tall. I know. Nick is the tall one. Yeah. And yeah, I'm. He's like and six he's foot, the one who throws one. me off. Right. I always think Nick is like the shorty yep. of the group, and he's like six foot five. I don't know. <laughs> he's not that. Tall. I know. Henry's like, don't. <laughs> Devonta Smith holding a ten pound dumbbell. <laughs> My favorite answer is six foot half an six inch. So when women ask, "Are you over six feet tall?" That's why. Yes. Yes, I am. Absolutely. Yes. My wife is taller than me. Really? Congratulations. Oh, she's tall. Yes. Only a little, only a little bit, but she's just taller than me. Yeah, she's just tall. So is she, do you not like when, she, if she wears heels because then she towers over you? He doesn't care. I don't he care. He doesn't care. I don't care. I'm only five, like, I'm like five, four and a half. I'm short. I'm just short. <laughs> yep. Fun size. Fun, si- fun Tariq size. Tariq Cohen of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have one more little news bit that I was curious if you wanted to respond, thought it meant anything or not. I talked about last episode, like if Malik Willis 
Dallas is competing for week one starting job. It's going to move him up. Well, the report today is that Malik Willis will not be competing for the starting job immediately. Yeah, it was just a beat writer. But yeah, if he's going to fall further in drafts, I'll still take a Darthur at him. We basically assume this already, right? Right. Yeah. Yes. So is this affecting his value at all? Not for me, but for people taking him up to 103, definitely. Yeah. He's falling. <laughs> he's free falling for 103. Those people didn't watch the draft, Henry. Well, no. He, yeah. <laughs> even from just pre-draft where the quarterbacks were kind of really going like late first, early second, they're still kind of falling where you're getting like the, the Ritter and the Corral in the late second in some leagues, early third even. So people are getting higher on the Pierces and the Algiers. Because they're listening to our podcast and Henry loves Alec Pierce. I saw Pierce go like 111. So do you guys feel like Malik is the future there? I feel like he's worth a, a, a shot in the late second in this draft class with what we have. He doesn't have great draft capital. He could be the quarterback next year. He could be Kellen Mond kind of killing our roster and we're kind of holding off on cutting him. To be Trey Lance, I hear you. No, like I, but I wrote really, like Mond. <laughs> Um, Kyle Trask, people t- took him and they thought he'd be something. And Will Greer. Apparently, he's not, and he's not even going to compete for the backup job to Brady at this point. Yeah. yeah. Gabbard's too good. So, like, these are just guys that are, may end up clogging your roster down the road, but they're worth a shot. If the future is weeks 16 and 17, maybe Malik, but. There was a report that the Seahawks weren't taking Malik because he's not close to ready. Mm. If anybody else feels like that, maybe that's part of the reason why he fell is that they knew he was going to be a bit of a project, but... I mean, I'm willing to take him, but the further I separate myself from the NFL draft and my pre-draft rankings, the further I keep pushing down the quarterbacks. Now, is it because I'm drafting leagues that have better teams that have no interest in a third-round rookie quarterback that may or may not end up being a starter so he can be my fourth QB on my team? Yeah, but at the same time, uh, I'm trying to trade back. And, I mean, you brought it up earlier about the trades, and we never really talked about it. We just said trades. Mike said we, we sprinkled it in, stuff. so it counts. Yeah. Well, we <laughs> said Henry's brought trades. it up several different times that there's 10 players that he really likes. Mm. So when you're trading up and down, when you see someone that doesn't belong in that top 10 go, before it gets to pick 11, if you can try to move up to pick 11, that's a successful move. Because you know whoever is there is going to be good. So you buy it at worst case scenario, maybe it's even better than that. Who are some of the first round guys that aren't in our collective top 12, 13 players that you've seen go in the first round. One of those is Damian Pierce. I've seen Ritter go in the first. We've talked multiple times about Spiller and Malik. Have you seen anybody else go in the first? George Pickens. Sky Moore. Yes, I, I understand. That's why I said third, I was going to say Sky Moore. 13, 14, just because. You oh, know, you I, know. It's I feel like Sky Moore always goes in the first. It's weird. Uh, yeah, Damon Pierce is one of them, definitely. Uh, Pickens, yeah, seen him. Those are all, and any of the quarterbacks going. I mean, at this point, I pretty much have like my 12 pretty much set. I have two guys that I look to trade up for. That's Brees and that's Walker. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, there's a tier of like three or four receivers I may trade up for, but I'm not paying a whole lot, so I generally don't do that. The others are just so close to me that I'm not going to be trading up for that unless I'm trying to consolidate because I have a lack of roster space and I'm trying to get rid of some extra pieces to move up a couple of picks and maybe get somebody that has a higher perceived value at this point. That's a, a big part of my trading up right now is kind of consolidating unless I'm getting Walker or Breeze. Mm-hmm. Even then, odds are you're consolidating to get Walker and Breeze. It's not 
like you're trading something more valuable. Oh yeah, I mean I trade. I mean I know some people have Tyree Kill fairly high still. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I don't have him worth Ken Walker straight, but I was able to get Walker straight for Tyree Kill today earlier. Yeah, mm -hmm. I know Iowa's question was is uh, who's going too high in drafts or who you've seen occasionally get picked that high. The opposite of that, Jahan Dotson in a league I was just in went like 207 <laughs> or something, and I was like, how is this happening? This is the 11th player off the board. This is the 16th overall pick in the NFL draft. I keep getting him in the early second in leagues. It, it's really Weird. crazy. Like mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, He's not my favorite player. I probably have like 35 or 40 of him by now because he's such a value in the late first. And if you have those early seconds and people want to take Sky Moore and Pickens, and then you end up with Dotson at 201, 202, 204. There were a couple players pre-draft that I was higher on than consensus. Um, Damian Pierce was one that I would take fairly early. I'd take him over like Rashad and Zamir and even sometimes Spiller pre-draft, which was like so counter culture, so against the grain. And then Tyrion Davis-Price, where in one draft I was like, why don't they have this guy on sleeper? And then I realized his name wasn't Ty Davis-Price, it was Tyrion Davis-Price. <laughs> but those are guys that have shot up boards, obviously, both third-round picks. And seeing Damian Pierce, who's like the 107th overall pick or whatever it was by the Texans, it was like late third, early fourth, maybe. I don't even remember if he was a third. But he went over Jahan Dotson, like 111, where Dotson goes like five picks later. You're talking about the 16th overall pick versus like a guy that is not guaranteed to be the starter over Marlon Mack and Rex Burkhead. Yep. Yeah, doesn't belong in the first round. No. You mentioned Tyrion Davis Price. TDP. Mm -hmm. And I want to know if you're down with TDP. Yeah, you know me. Oh, I'm down. <laughs> You gotta say. I'm totally down, pimp. You're down. Are you down with TDP? Yeah, you know me. Thanks. <laughs> yes. You're yes. welcome. We know you. <laughs> Look at Henry's like, I still don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> I have no idea. No clue. Mm. Oh. You don't know this song? You down with OPP? Mm, no shot. Yeah, you know me. Oh my God. Henry. Nope. He knows it. <laughs> this was back when they used trash cans for snares. Yeah. And oh, that was dope. Before they used auto tune and mumbled when they Nick rapped. Nick is my mm. spirit animal. That is that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's another guy I've been seeing falling uh, just because of sleeper updating ADP. The other Pierce. Alec? Yeah, Alec. Oh, Henry yeah. loves Alec Pierce. Yeah, he's been yeah, drawing. He's, he's dropped like yeah. five or six picks from where he, in the range he was kind of going, which is really nice. Mm -hmm. Been getting yeah, a late second yeah. a lot. Closer to where I actually want him now. Yeah, it's fair. I feel like I've actually, I've picked Alec Pierce a lot. Just... Just because of Henry's love for him, when I see him, I'm like, oh, I'm going Alec Pierce. Henry says he's really good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He was <laughs> like, awesome. Best baby face in the class. Henry's favorite. Again. <laughs> when I'm completely in doubt, I'm like, okay, who did Henry get really excited to talk about? And then that's like, I'm just yeah. going with that guy. Yeah. Stupid yeah, Pierre Strong. You were on the clock and you were wondering who to pick. I was like, I'd pick Bell, but Henry would probably pick Alec Pierce. And then you picked Alec Pierce. And you're like, oh, 100%. 100% correct. Are you proud of me? I'm like, well, <laughs> I think Iowa gets a little chip on his shoulder if he gives me advice and I go another direction. Yeah. He's like, did you seriously yeah. just take Henry's pick? I, I felt like it was a gift because I picked next. Oh, really? It was a gift. So I got you. David Bell next. Okay. Like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I did that for you, Nick. <laughs> Silent head shake. Thank you, Queen. I let you have him. Yeah. <laughs> See, I was, I was kind of wondering. See? I got 
got you, boo. I got you. <laughs> got me and then sniped the hubby. I see how it goes. Uh, Which is kind of fun. <laughs> uh, but I brought up TDP because we were talking about the... Totally down pimp. Yep. Anywhere from 211 to 3.05, 3.06. I feel like these players are really super close. Not only that, they go in a different order every draft I'm in. Mm. So you can give up the 211 in a deal to move up in a draft and move back to the 3.05 and potentially get the same player you would have picked at 211. Right. I've done this several different times and I've gotten TDP at in the early third rather than the late second because I traded up in the first. Which is crazy. I think he was the running back forward in the NFL draft and he went to San Fran where it's like Elijah Mitchell was really good when he was healthy last year and Sermon really sucked and Jeff Wilson has a history of concussions and also isn't great and it's like TDP and the sixth round pick Elijah Mitchell from last year. Those are kind of the two guys there. And Hasty for some reason still rostered. And Hasty and yeah. I think Debo just rolled up on his bike. Yeah, it's possible. You know, Debo in the run game can be annoying. Debo rolled his ankle? Rolled up on his bike. <laughs> oh, okay. No, just as likely, though. Yeah. Uh, but Pierre Strong was highly drafted as well and is going even later. Yeah, he wasn't even that highly drafted. He was, like, late fourth or something. I want to say he went after, like, Spiller and Zamir even. Obviously, after Rashad, Damian. Probably the RB9 or something. But that's New England. Yeah, that's New England killing his value. Like, there's, like, 17 running backs. Yep. The reason why I bring that up is I think that's why people fade TDP. I get it. It's because they say, oh, it's San Francisco. I get it. Or they drafted Sermon last year. Not this again. Not not happening. Mm -hmm. Not happening. Yep. And he's got a hyphenated name. So that automatically makes him awesome. (laughs) Well, yep. There you go. But if you drafted Sermon last year, you hate TDP because, no, forget that. I don't care what draft capital the 49ers put on him. I'm not trusting it. Mm-hmm. And then you have the people that drafted Elijah Mitchell that are like, TDP isn't anything because I really want Elijah Mitchell to be something. So in all reality, nobody likes TDP. Except me, because if you have Elijah Mitchell, or like if if you even acknowledge that Elijah Mitchell was good last year, which he was, he was awesome mm-hmm. when he got 20 carries a game, you're like, well, he's there. And they obviously wanted to add to the room for some reason. So if he shows up and he's good, it's like Elijah Mitchell could just be like cut or something weird. Like it's the Niners. They could be like, this guy sucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, after losing... Trade him to the Dolphins. Yeah, most hurt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All I see, Henry's face is going in and out. He's like a... You're a what is that called? What is the... Um, I keep thinking of a figment. Hologram. Yes, thank you. You like literally <laughs> read my mind there. <laughs> yes. Which is kind of scary. Ooh. It's called telepathy. Henry Telepathoyance. Now is the new uh, name. I don't know if I'm going to mm. be able to get that one out. <laughs> I'll just stick with the hair. <laughs> Just go with transparency. I'm sticking with Clark Kent. Mm. <laughs> All right. Should we wrap this up? You guys are good? Let's do it. Well, as always, thank you for listening to the Rank Draft Trade Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And we cannot wait to get back here next week with more information, maybe some more breaking news. Anyway, you can find me on Twitter at NobleG underscore FF or on Sleeper at NobleG711. I forgot for a minute there. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Open 24-7 at the gas station. <laughs> I 
I know. Yep. I had to think about that. Um, Mike, where can they find you on Twitter? How do they find you on Twitter? You gotta hit search and then I click underscore Papa, <laughs> underscore Papa Bear Claw on Twitter and uh, Papa Bear Claw on Sleeper. If anybody can't find Mike, he gives a very detailed <laughs> way of finding him. So if you can't find him, you're doing something wrong. I, I'm used to trying to explain to everybody about the Sleeper notifications like Nick is doing. <laughs> Except he's got a screenshot. I type it up. Oh, God. The sleeper notifications are killing me. Anyway, Henry, where can they find you? Uh, you go to HTTPS colon slash slash uh, Twitter dot com. And yeah, you look for clairvoyance FF on there. Gotcha. And Nick, where are they finding you and this podcast? See, if you want to find me, you don't have to use the interwebs. You can go on to your Google Play Store or your Apple Store and then look for the picture of a bird made by Elon Musk. And then you download that and then you do these other steps. Mm. And then you can find me at Iowa in the NFL. And you can find this podcast at Rank Draft Trade. Perfect. And as always, we hope we made all of your fantasy dreams come true. Until next time, we will see you guys later. My dreams were unfulfilled. Peace out. This was rank draft trade. <laughs> rank draft trade. Papa. <laughs> Have a good night. <laughs> it is actually not that time, though. <laughs> Oh, no, it's just funny. Oh, we do our best. Super good.